Welcome to the Scuffed Podcast. I'm Adam Bells in Minneapolis. With me is Greg Velasquez in Des Moines. We talk about U.S. men's soccer. Our guest today is Serginio Dest, the right back for the Ajax Reserves in the Dutch 2nd Division and the Ajax U19s. He was a member of the U.S. U17 World Cup squad that advanced to the quarterfinals in 2017. He's also the first choice right back for the U.S. U20s and was a standout performer at the U20 CONCACAF Championship. Serginio, welcome to Scuffed. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for, thanks for being here. So you had a big game over the weekend. You guys drew young PSV... 2-2, and you got an assist? Yes. Yes. What did you think of your performance? Um, Actually, the first half, I... Yeah, it was just, like, a little warming up, like, for the, the new season. Mm-hmm. And because we had winter stop, and we didn't play that much anymore. So, yeah, I think I could have done more in the first half. But, yeah, in the second half, I played, like like... Like always, so I've a lot of I've got a lot of compliments from coaches, from uh, other people who watch their game, and uh, yeah, I think I did pretty well. Yeah, I would have to agree. I saw the all touches video on Twitter, and it was it was a good performance in my opinion. I heard Richie. Mm-hmm. I heard Richie Ledesma was in the stands. Did you run into him after the game, your teammate? No, I didn't see him. So I was like, uh, he, he said like he was um, yelling my name, but um, <laughs> I I heard my name, but I I didn't know, knew from who it was, so I, I didn't see him. Like I only chatted with him on Snapchat after the game and before the game, but I didn't see him unfortunately. Okay, well I'm sure you guys will mm-hmm. run into each other eventually. What's yeah. what's your what's your advice to him as he prepares to try to break into a the young PSV side? My advice? Mm, actually, that's pretty hard, but, um, yeah, the Dutch league, like, it's not easy, easy, mm-hmm. but, you know, you have to, you have to play with confidence always, and you have to get, like, um, I think it's pretty um, physical over here. Mm-hmm. I a lot of guys got a lot of power, but I think like he's a smart player and he knows how to to play with with the ball and without the ball. So I think it won't be a problem for him to to break in the the PSV second team or first team. But yeah, I think maybe the only thing he has to improve is. Uh, uh, to work more defensively. That's the only thing I uh-huh. could think about. Yeah, I can see that. So what's it been like for you to make that transition from the U19s to Young Ajax? Uh, can you describe the difference in level? Mm, I think in the, in the, on the 19, everything is going a little bit slower. Mm. And yeah, they're not that physical. But for the the second team, to be honest, I don't have a lot of problems to play in the second team, like to play in the the second league. But yeah, yeah, I think just just everything is going a little bit faster in the second league. You got you play against a grown man, so that's that's always harder mm-hmm. to play against your own age. 
And yeah, I think I do pretty well and I hope to break in uh, to the first team uh, this season to get a, a, a debut. But I'm not sure if, if that's going to work for me, but I'm trying to. Yeah, how much are you training with the Ajax first team? Um, I only trained twice with them, but not the whole like starting team was there. I see. So, mm-hmm. You you told Brian Sharetta a few months ago that you have a lot to work on before you can get minutes with the first team. What do you what do you what do you have to work on? I mean, you look fantastic out there to me, but what what do you think? Mm. I think I have to get uh, like more fit. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like uh, my condition and like my stamina, and I think like my yeah. My legs are always sore after like 70 minutes and I always cramp. So I think I have to improve that like to uh, to make sure that I'm ready for every game, every single minute, because you have to make the difference in the last couple of minutes of the game. And yeah, I have a lot of to improve. Like my left leg can be better. My passing can be better. Mm-hmm. Um, the first touches, like the, the, the basic technical stuff, that's like the hardest thing to do like when i uh when i control the the ball then i can make my actions then my technical stuff is good but sometimes when i don't have the ball and the ball's coming it's 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 still hard and i think i have to improve a lot with that and my shot i have to i, I want to be a, a, a complete uh i say a complete player yeah i, I want to to uh be good at everything at every single part and I have to improve to all those things but um I think I'm good on my way to uh to to be a professional uh, player I think I have a lot of like good things also but yeah I want to be I want to be playing in the like the, the top 5 leagues soon not not soon but like in my career mm-hmm. and I want to I want to play at Barcelona, at those clubs. And I have to think like um, a lot of stuff that norm, like that not everybody does. Like the, the small details make the big difference. And it's like all those things I have to work on, like the little touches to get one second, to get a one second earlier pass. That makes a difference. So yeah, if I want to play over there, I have to work hard, like very hard, to make the the little details better. Yeah, sounds like you have the right mentality. Do you you've played some on the wing for for the Ajax U19s and maybe maybe for young young Ajax? I'm not sure. Do you um, how has that aided your development, like to to play f- further forward? I think it developed me very well, to be honest. Because if you're playing as a winger, it's uh, yeah, it's it's a little bit harder than play as an outside back, because like you have to to play in more small spaces. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think I did pretty well to be honest. But yeah, I don't think that that's gonna be my main position because um, I still think uh, right back is my best position of all the positions I can play. But it, it was a nice experience because it helped uh, to de- develop my uh, my attacking skills a lot. 
yeah. Yeah. You you seem like so I watched you at the U seventeen World Cup last year mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. or two years almost two years ago now. You seem like a far more confident player now than you were back then. And how would you say I mean, what do you think? Mm-hmm. Did you improve a lot in that time or or what Yeah. I improved a lot, but to be honest, I was also a little bit scared, uh, like scared at the World Cup. I don't know why, but like I was only good defending-wise, and mm-hmm. like I didn't show my my technical skills and stuff like that. I didn't go forward a lot, but yeah, I'm, I, I regret a little bit about that because yeah, that's that's the biggest biggest uh, thing for my age group, and yeah. I will, I will be different the next World Cup if I get selected. So yeah, I was gonna say you have a big opportunity to uh, make up for that in May, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Now, now you grew up outside of Amsterdam, right? Your dad was an American military member. Can you talk about your upbringing a little bit? How you grew up and how you got introduced to football? Mm, yeah, I grew up in uh, in Holland. I just went to school. I played a lot of soccer at school, and uh, like my mom was just putting me in a club back in my 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 own town. And yeah, I played there for like a couple of years, and then Ajax came, and then everything was a little bit more professional. So um, I played for Ajax like eight seasons already, mm. and after like the third or fourth season they uh the, like the US soccer federation they uh, called me they selected me and they called me up for a camp because a lot of people at, at Ajax and also other people uh were talking about me like I have a dual nationality and I can also play for the American national team and yeah I'm I'm glad that it happened because yeah this, this is a nice opportunity for me yeah how did how did U.S. soccer find out about you? Was it from uh, John Hilton or uh, somebody like that? Um, I don't know. Actually, I also asked John Hilton to get the number of the coach from uh, his team because huh. I wanted to make uh, make clear that I'm going to play for the U.S. But um, I don't know if it happened because of John Hilton. To be honest, but I, I think. More because of uh, Dave van der Berg. Okay. He's okay. also a Dutch guy. Like, he can also speak Dutch. He, he knows a lot of guys in Ireland. So okay. I think that was the reason. What do you think of the American, the way Americans play soccer now that you've played for the U.S.? And what mm. and what do you think of the way soccer is played in CONCACAF now that you played in that tournament? Okay. Um, I think that the American style of play, like, it's, it's yeah, it's a little bit different mm. than in Europe. Uh, to be honest, it's a lot different. Mm. Um, but we got a lot of like technical players coming up, so the the game the game style of the American national team changed a little bit. And yeah, it's 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 harder because I'm not that I'm I'm strong, but I'm not that tall, and you know it's it's yeah, five football is not really my thing to be honest I'm uh, a bit more of a technical player and I love to play one-twos out of situations right. out of tough situations 
Um, but I think at a CONCACAF, we uh, performed pretty well. We, we played like a, a, yeah, like a like a Europe team. And, yeah, I think we, we just have a lot of guys, a lot of uh, upcoming talents. And, yeah, they, they play the style of Europe because everybody is going to Germany, like almost everybody. Yeah. And a lot of guys are just going to Europe. And then the, the style of the American... Uh, National team is going to change soon. Well, how is the training different between uh, when you join play with the USU twenties and when you play, you know, train with Ajax? I'm sure it's different in uh, a lot of ways, but yeah, I actually do a lot of more technical stuff like like passing, like dribbling, all those things. And um, yeah, in America, we do a lot of more like. I don't know, phys- physical work. I hmm. think so, yeah, physical work. Hmm. Like, ev- everything in Holland, like, at Ajax is based on technical, on technical feet. Like, yeah, we we play a lot of, like, passing exercises and and um, and technical, like, dribbling exercises. We do that, like, every training. In U.S., we do more, like, um, how do you say it? Uh, conditioning? Like, stuff for the, no, stuff for the whole group. I actually do also individual stuff. Huh. Interesting. You know what I mean? I do, yeah. I, I That surprises yeah. me a little bit. Had, <laughs> had, you, had you visited the U.S. before accepting your call-up in October of 2016, I guess it was? Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah. But I visited only, uh, only once. Like I, I was with my dad in New York City mm-hmm. in 2014, and that was the first the first time for me in the U.S. And uh, I I can remember we went to uh, to uh, McGuire, and we went from McGuire to New York with a shuttle bus, and we we came under a, a tunnel. Hmm. We went we went in a tunnel, and after that we came out of the tunnel, and we were like in the middle of the city and my eyes were opened. Everything was so big. I've never seen that before. And yeah, it was, it was such a nice experience. And I want to go back to New York soon because that's my favorite city from the U.S., like from where I've been till now. Nice. Yeah, it's a fantastic city. Um, you've enjoyed uh, a meteoric rise so a very rapid rise in the estimation of people who follow the U.S. men's national team. Do you feel that there was a sudden jump in your level of play? Like, did you suddenly mm. get a lot better, or did some people just start to notice? Uh, I think I played better, yeah. I played a lot of better. And, uh, yeah, that's the reason why they know me right now. That's what I think. What caused that? What caused you to play better? Um, what do you mean? What um, for what reason? Why did you start playing better? I don't know. I, I think I, I started getting more serious because I was uh, I was not always that serious, and I was uh, thinking like, is this what I what I want to be? Is this what I what I want to do in my life? And I have to go for for it. And that was just my mindset, and like I switched, I switched, 
And after that switch, I play a lot, a lot better. I'm a lot more serious, and uh, and I think that 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 switch that make me more like famous. You know what I mean? Yes, I do. I do know. What yeah, you mean. I'm not famous, famous, but you know. What I mean? Yeah, you're getting people's attention for sure. One one way yeah. one way you got people's attention was by um by taking the ball from Diego Lainez in uh, in the game against Mexico and then and then panting him. And I wonder mm-hmm. if did you realize while you were doing that that it would go viral? Did you think, "Oh yeah, this is people are going to see this video?" No. No. <laughs> no, I didn't know that. <laughs> Like I, I heard from people like I, I've never seen uh, Diego Linus before. I've never heard about him, but um, yeah, people in the yeah, in my team, like in the U.S. U uh, twenty, they were talking about Diego Linus, and I was like, "Who's that? I don't know him." <laughs> and then yeah, then they said like he's he's like the best player of of uh, of Mexico, and they showed me his Instagram. And he had a lot of followers, so I was like, "Oh damn!" But I was not scared. To be honest, like I was like, "Okay, let him come." And then we played against each other, and yeah, because uh, to be honest, the the level of Ajax, we we train with like the best talents over the world. So if there is a a very good player, I'm not scared. I just want to play him to get more better. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. So yeah, I was not scared of him, and yeah, I just played my game it doesn't matter who's in front of me I just played my game and show what I got yeah awesome I'm not impressed by other guys mm-hmm. which of your U20 teammates uh, US U20 teammates are you closest with personally mm-hmm. I mean you, uh, I don't want to get you in trouble like who, who who's funny who do you like <laughs> like almost yeah I like everyone to be honest. yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah I like everyone. I think I asked Richie. I asked Richie a couple months ago who's who's the funniest guy on the team, and I think he said you were. Maybe you, maybe David Ochoa. Me? Yeah, he said you're the funniest. <laughs> How? Yeah, I mean it's a compliment. It's a compliment. Do you yeah, yeah. do you know uh, do you know Joshua Pinadeth? He's or Pinadeth. He's mm-hmm. a he's younger mm-hmm, than mm-hmm. you. How's yeah, he doing? He's to be honest, I don't. I haven't watched that many games of him. Mm-hmm. Not yet. No, not yet. Okay. But like, I've, he's playing for under seventeen, and I read that he uh, scored a goal against uh, Feyenoord yes. in the yeah, in the classic game. So I think he's, he's doing well. And yeah, they they just made a, a documentary about him. And yeah, my one is coming soon. So oh, yeah. is it? We'll look for that. Yeah, huh? my one is soon. It's coming soon. It was coming out today, but something happened, so you have to wait. We've seen a lot of young Americans go to Germany, like you said earlier. And mm-hmm. do you think clubs in the Netherlands see the USA as a place to find talent now, or in the future? I mean, there's yeah, Richie's I... an example. Mm-hmm. I think they want to make the contact with America bigger because that's that's also the reason why they they uh, build an office in New York City mm-hmm. at Times Square. 
Um, yeah, they make a documentary about me and Josh because we're Americans and they want to improve the, the connection between America and Ajax. So, yeah, I think maybe in the upcoming years, a lot of guys from America are going to uh, to play for clubs in, in Europe or, or in the Netherlands, I mean. Yeah, I hope so. Because yeah. we have a lot of talent, to be honest, and we can be like, in in a few years we we can compete with a with with some good teams in the world you know what i mean mm-hmm. i think maybe we can compete with the with the best teams in the world if everybody is keep improving themselves mm-hmm. if they don't keep improving themselves we are, we don't but everybody is uh, is working on on themselves everybody is, has has their own thing we got a lot of different specialties or how do you mean how do you know it? Um, no, name it that's a good way to say it yeah different specialties oh that's a good way to say it. okay yeah and um, yeah we're we're coming we're coming the world doesn't know it yet but <laughs> I like that I like that so what do you think about the U20 World Cup in May how far can how far can this team go um yeah to be honest, I, I I haven't seen the other the other countries yet. Yeah, like we were uh, selected for the for the the U20 World Cup. But if we play the same way as Concacaf, we 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 can uh, we can go far. We can go far. And if everybody is fit, everybody is focused, and everybody keeps improving themselves, till that moment, we can definitely like and. And in the in the final, yeah. England England is not going, Spain is not going, and Germany is not going. So those are three top countries already. Hmm. So it makes it makes it also easier for us to get closer to the to the to the cup. Yeah, England was the obstacle in the U seventeen World Cup, right? That in that, mm-hmm. that tournament. Yeah. Are your club teammates curious about your international experiences? I mean, I'm, I'm sure a lot of them are going off for international duty too, but... Mm, um, to be honest, yeah. They don't ask me a lot about it. Yeah. They just come to the club. They say, like, sometimes they ask me, like, when are you going back to the States? But, like, that's it. That's it. And who are you playing against? But not more. Yeah. No. Not yeah. not everybody asks a bunch of nosy questions like I do, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> how do you how do you see yourself fitting into Greg Berhalter's system? He has uh, he's sort of known for deploying attacking fullbacks. Seems to me like that's a that's a good fit for you. What do you think? Hmm. To be very honest, I've never really looked to the to the way of uh, playing style from from uh, Greg uh, Greg uh, Belter. Yeah, that's his name, right? Ber Berhalter. Berhalter. Oh, Berhalter. Okay. Yeah, I'm sorry. It's okay. But yeah, it's it's I don't know. Like when my time is when my time is coming and I play in the first team and. I think it's better to ask me that question. Okay. Because right now I'm just I'm just focusing on playing every weekend, every week, and 
being yeah fantastic on the U20 World Cup and after that, like I'm not there yet, you know. It can also go wrong. Sure. I don't want to put myself in a too too high spot. Fair enough. Fair enough. That's that's a wise answer. So maybe my last question before I ask if you if you want to talk about anything else is what are what are your long term goals? Like what what do you where do you want to be playing in five years? Yeah, my goals. My goals are like for my whole career or just for the five years. Yeah, answer. You can answer both. I would love to hear both answers. Yeah. Okay, like for my whole career, I want to win a World Cup, definitely. I want to win a, a Champions League final, and yeah, I wanna, I, I wanna improve myself so good that I be one of the best wide backs in the world. That that's what I wanna be, and that's what I gonna what I gonna work about. And I hope that I that I can play for clubs like like Barcelona, like Real Madrid. And the Premier League is also a great league to play in, but I don't know if it fits my style because yeah, the Premier Premier League is a lot of physical stuff, and I'm yeah, I'm small, so I don't know if that works. Um, I think Spain is the the best league to play play in for me, to be honest, because they play a little bit the style I want to play, and I'm good at. If you know what I mean? Yeah. I would love to play opposite nations, one, two, things like that, and not always with power, with physical stuff. Like, I don't know. That, that's not my, my style. Like, in five years, I, I hope to uh, to to play like as a starter in uh, the Ajax first team. And uh, yeah, actually, I also wanna wanna play in uh, in the World Cup in the U twenty. Uh, the what was it? 2022. Yeah, 2022. Yep. Yeah, 2022. I wanna, I wanna make that roster. Let me ask you this: Does the has the D- Dutch Federation asked you to play any youth uh, in any youth tournaments for them? Surely you're getting their attention mm-hmm. now. Yeah, but not not official, um, not official official tournaments yet. So. Mm. Yeah, I'm just waiting, and I, I will see what I'm doing. I don't know yet. Okay. Mm-hmm. Anything else I should ask you about that I didn't that I didn't think of? Anything you want to talk about? Mm, I I don't know anything to really. Okay. Mm. Yeah. Well, Serginio, you got a lot of fans in the U.S., and um, we're all excited to, by your progress. Is that true? I mean, you know, I'm in a small, I'm in a small soccer world, so I I spend all my day thinking about soccer. So, but within that world, yes, it's very true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've I've never like felt that to be honest so much. Like that, yeah. I don't know. You see, <laughs> you see, you you on Twitter, uh, USMNT videos makes a, a video of all your touches in a game, and it gets like hundreds of retweets and hundreds of likes. You know. Really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that because I don't have Twitter. So. Oh yeah, yeah, it's probably good for your it's good for your life not to have it. But. Um, <laughs> yeah, a lot okay, of pe- a lot okay. of pe- a lot of people are excited. A lot of people are ex- excited by how well you're playing and and how well you played at the U20 Concacaf tournament and. 
If if they have Instagram, can you tell them to follow me? Like, <laughs> follow my way onto the top. Yeah, I mean, we'll say, I'll say it right now. Follow Serginio Dest on Instagram, please. What is it? SGD one underscore two. two underscore two. Okay. Yes. All right. Yeah, I'll put that in the show notes too. Okay. Thank you. Hey man, thank thank you for making this happen. I know you got a lot going on, and uh, so I appreciate it. Okay, no problem. Take care. Yeah, take care. See you. All right, before Greg and I get started, let me put in a plug for you to rate and review the podcast. We're doing pretty well, if I do say so, but we have thousands of people who listen every week who haven't taken the time to rate us or write a review. Even a short one is helpful. Please consider that. Anyway, it's a big week. Bundesliga starts up again this weekend. European soccer is either back or gearing back up. It's time for predictions. This makes Greg very uncomfortable. How uncomfortable are you, Greg? Uh, I don't like to get specific with with projection spells. Yeah, I know that about you. So we're, I'm we're, sweating. We're, <laughs> we're really stretching you today. I'll start with my first All right, prediction. You go first. So we're talking about predictions for the second half of the European season. Yeah, and beyond. In parentheses, but mostly, <laughs> right. but mostly the second half of the season. All right, how many, how, many, how many predictions do you have lined up? I have four, and then I have a wild card that I, that I want to throw out there, but that depends on you coming up with a fourth. All right, I've got, I've, got a, I've got a fourth prediction. We can do four. Okay. I'll match your four. All right. Here we go. I don't know how many goals he will score, but Josh Sargent's transfer market value will surpass $15 million by June, making him the second most valuable U.S. player his pressing looked sharper in the winter friendlies, and that was his main weakness in limited time in the Hinrunda. As his pressing and movement sharpen, he will see more and more of the field, and by the end of the spring, he will be a bona fide rising star in the Bundesliga. Werder will soon look to extend his contract since the transfer rumors will start spinning this summer. And I'm just going to go ahead and say he'll score six goals this spring. Six goals. All right, going all in on Josh Sargent and uh, and him breaking through. Yeah, what's the what's the pessimistic case on that? Um, I I don't I don't have one. Bells, uh, based on the fact that he's he's already contributed on, on the field. Uh, he's certainly got glowing reviews from his manager, and not just about the goals that he scored, uh, but about it seems like his sophistication as a player. Um, everything's pointing to uh, Josh Sargent doing pretty well. I'm not. I'm not going to rip you down on this one. Okay. I. I think they'll try to sell him. I think if he does, uh, maybe they'll maybe they'll keep him for another another year. But I think they're going to be looking to to cash in on this on Josh Sargent. Yeah, maybe sooner. Maybe sooner than than I thought. Uh, I think his contract goes to the end of the 2020 2021 season. So they have time. They have time to work on that. Figure that okay. out. Okay. Your turn. All right. That starts us off on a positive note. I've got mine's a little bit more mixed for the first one, uh, and it's Christian Pulisic related. Uh, I'm going to say that Christian Pulisic is going to end his BVB, his Borussia Dortmund story, uh, holding a trophy, uh, despite a precipitous drop in playing time. 
so it's it's a bit of a happy ending, but I think it's going to be a bit uh, a bit anticlimactic for him in div- on a on a sort of a personal level. How many trophies do you think he's going to lift? I think he lifts one. I think they I think they win the league. I don't think they win Champions League. Yeah, that would be quite a that would be quite a season for Dortmund if they won both. Yeah, I won't get that optimistic. They're in the uh, German Cup too, right? I mean, they have a good chance at winning. Oh, that. that's true. They have yeah, that's. And, and honestly, if they do win it, then if they win that one, I would have to amend this because I bet Pulisic would play a significant role in the German Cup. Okay. So why do you think, I mean, things are going to get much tighter for them in terms of competition. They're going to have a, a lot of fixtures in this in the late spring. Why don't you think Pulisic will play a, a key role in either Champions League or Bundesliga? Uh, I just think the managers will have a tendency to lean a lot more on their first choice 11 uh, as as the season draws to a close. So Favre's done a really good job. Is it Favre? I still no, have no idea how to pronounce his name. Favre works for me. All right. Favre's done a great job of rotating, of divvying up the minutes between Sancho and Pulisic. Uh, when they're healthy, they basically play the exact same number of minutes. I know it doesn't feel like it because Sancho gets the high-profile minutes. Uh, and Pulisic's been relegated to sort of the mop-up duty minutes, uh, like the Champions League games after their qualification was already assured. Right. Um, but the minutes have been split. Uh, I just don't think that's going to happen as I, th- I think it's essentially Favre's been keeping Sancho as fresh as possible because he considers him his first choice winger. Uh, and as the teams get tougher in Champions League, he's going to rely on his first choice 11. And I don't think Christian Pulisic right now is in that first choice eleven? Yeah, that seems fair. I, I don't. I don't really. I don't really have any quibble with that. I'd like to see him not suffer a precipitous drop in playing time, but seems seems quite plausible. We'll see. Yeah, he got, he got a thousand minutes, uh, a little over a thousand minutes in the first half of the season. Um, I'm I'm guessing that drops to like five, 600 for the second half, which isn't, it's not like uh dries up completely. There's no way that Favre's going to just never take Sancho out. Right. But I think we'll see, I think we'll see uh, that, that balance will start to shift more towards uh, Sancho than Pulisic. That, that front, that group of attackers at Dortmund could, could get thinner quickly too. I mean, uh, odds are it's been a while since Marco Royce was injured. So, you gotta imagine he's gonna get injured again soon, given his <laughs> injury history. And not that not that Pulisic would slot in directly into that uh, attacking mid spot, but there would be more opportunity, I think, for minutes. I'm not wishing that Marco Royce would get injured. I'm just saying, like, he's gotten injured a lot, and it wouldn't be crazy if that happened again. Well, I want I want Pulisic or I want Dortmund to stay intact, and I want them to be. Uh, I want him to win the Bundesliga just because it'll be a nice change-up for the Bundesliga to not uh, give the trophy to Bayern again. Uh, I mean, it's already Bayern. I think Bayern had won the trophy by this time last year, so this is already an improvement in in Bundesliga drama. Absolutely, yeah. I'll go. Should I move on to okay. my second yeah, prediction? That's my mixed. Okay. Yeah, give me your second one. This is perhaps my boldest one, and it is that Matt Miazga will stay at Nantes. And work his way back into a starting eleven, maybe one or two by the end of the season. He went from being left off of all types of game day rosters through the second half of the fall 
to going the full 90 in a cup match a couple weeks ago and making the bench in the last two league matches for Nantes. It's been a time of trial for the center back, but the trend line is headed in the right direction, and I think he has uh, demonstrated his character to a skeptical coach, and he'll get back on the field for meaningful minutes this spring. Yeah, he, he must have done something, right, to, to impress the coach to, to be brought back into the fold. Because uh, if the coach had completely written him off, there's no way he's going to have him sitting on the bench to not play him. Right. Uh, you know, you, you just if you if you were never going to play him, you just wouldn't bring him on at the 18. So. So, yeah, congratulations to Matt Miazga. Uh, I'm hopeful that there will be some injuries or something that he gets a look, but I'm not I'm not banking on it. Bells. Banking on it is a whole nother level of uh, certainty that I'm not ready to <laughs> claim. But that's that's my prediction. You're up. Yeah, we're all we all want it. All right. So mine mine's pretty related to that, but it's it's this is my negative prediction. This is going the exact opposite direction. And that's that all of our center backs right now who are struggling for minutes, uh, are gonna keep struggling for minutes. So that's Miazga, that's Eric Palmer Brown, and that's Cameron Carter Vickers. Um, I think that if they if they haven't gotten if they haven't broken in as consistent starters by now, uh, it's not happening between now. And these are guys on loan, so the clubs are way less invested in their development. Um, and I just don't see it being a, a situation where any of them are going to become the go-to starters for their teams. I haven't been tracking EPB closely lately. I, I know CCV was CCV was not in the starting eleven for Swansea's most recent game. I'll sign off on it. EPB's been, EPB's been in and out at Knock Breda. Uh, a couple games he starts and goes 90. A couple games he, he doesn't play at all. Uh, and again, Knock are playing a, a three-center back system, and they're also dreadful. They're I think they're second bottom uh, in the Eredivisie. So I don't know. I just don't I don't think it's a, it's a great season for Eric Palmer-Brown. Uh, it's going to put us in an interesting – it's going to put Greg Berhalter in an interesting situation come come June. It's going to put Aaron Long in an interesting situation come June. Wait, wait, why is it going to put Aaron Long in an interesting situation? I feel like he's the guy who could he 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 stands to benefit the most uh, from these guys not playing. Yeah, I was sort of I'm sort of in the camp where I'm already I've already moved Aaron Long above them in the depth chart uh, just based on performances with the national team. Maybe I jumped the gun there. I, I mean, I I don't know. I have no idea how Burhalter rates Long's passing versus Miazga's passing. I think it's Miazga is the guy he's going to have the hardest time jumping. Yeah, yeah. I guess I what I should say is I I, I had moved Long ahead of EPB and CCV already. Okay, all right, that's fair. All right, that's my that's my downer. Okay, Sorry to bring everyone down. That one. No, it's okay. A little down is all right. Here's another very positive one from me. I believe Sebastian Soto and Alex Mendez will make Bundesliga debuts this spring. Soto did not set the world on fire in Hanover's winter friendlies, but crucially he was there and he played. He got enough run in three, all three matches to indicate that he's not far from a match day squad. Um, I think he'll, I think he'll, he'll get in. He won't, he won't play a ton, but I think he'll get he'll get in there and play a little bit for Hanover, despite the fact that they're they're facing a relegation scrap in the second half of the season, very much so. And Mendez, Mendez's situation is less visible, but I have it on good authority that he's rated highly at Freiburg. 
Uh, I think the club will stay comfortably above the relegation zone, and I see Mendez having enough magic with the ball at his feet to push his way into one of the next 17 matches. I don't think that's I don't think that's unreasonable at all, and I expect to see both of them make their Bundesliga debut this spring. Uh, yeah, it would have been nice for either of these guys if the teams had made it through to the uh, next stage of the DFB Pokal. Uh, unfortunately, both Hanover and Freiburg were eliminated. Uh, those have been great opportunities to pick up minutes for teams that needed to keep their regulars fresh for uh, any potential relegation battles ahead. Yeah. Do you think... But I like I like that you're confident in it. It's going to be dicey for Hanover, but I don't know why they would have why they would have brought Soto in and given him so much play if he wasn't pretty close to I'm talking about in the winter training camp. If he wasn't pretty close to to playing uh first team football. And he it's I think it's important to note in the second friendly, he started the game uh next to uh, an entirely first choice lineup. He was the only youth guy out there. And the other striker, uh Benjamin Hajik uh, he he came on he came on as a sub in that game. Hajik uh, played a little bit more than him in the last in the last friendly, but I don't know from the outside looking in, they look like they're pretty evenly evenly matched in the battle for minutes. Okay, uh, getting into sort of the the financial side of it, do you know what these two guys? Uh, do you know what the club's investment in these two guys is so far? Mendez is on. Do we know what Mendez? How long Mendez's contract runs through? I don't know. Um, I think it's a pretty bare bones, short term contract. That's my understanding, and it may be the same for Soto. I mean, didn't wasn't it reported that Soto accepted an offer from Hanover that was less money than he was offered by RSL? I think Brian Dunces said that somewhere, maybe on Twitter. So I, there's no real big financial investment from these clubs. They get them for free. They pay them minimal wages to play with the U19s, and then it's kind of up to the kids to to force their way into the first team, and that's when the payday comes, right? All right, Bells. Well, I like your optimism. It definitely uh, it actually segues really nicely into my third prediction, which is my most optimistic, without right. being terribly specific, uh, and that is that by May the U.S. will have three uh, new Weston McKenney status players in Europe. Weston McKenney status, what does that mean? So it's a, it's a very like scientific uh, label that you apply to somebody who features consistently enough uh, in their team that it's never a surprise if you see them starting. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it actually is kind of a surprise if you see that they didn't play at all. So I feel like that's where Weston McKenney's at right now. You, you half expect him to be starting. It's not a big deal if he's not. But if you, if you see he didn't get in the game at all, you're kind of like, oh, that's, that's strange. He almost always plays some part in, in every game they play. Yeah. So who, the Weston McKenney test. I like, I like that. So who's, who's going to be that, those guys? Well, so I'm, I, I'm intentionally not specific, but I feel like Josh Sargent definitely very likely to, to reach that status by May. Uh, and then, you know, I'm big on Tyler Adams. So I think Tyler Adams will come in and be a regular for Red Bull Leipzig uh, almost instantly. So I think those two are very likely, not guarantees. There's no guarantees, but I think those two are very likely too. Uh, and then we've got a big pool, a pretty big pool, uh, to find a third, a third guy to emerge. 
Uh, and for me, the leading candidate in that pool is uh, Tim Weah, now at Celtic. Okay. But there are other possibilities, right? I mean, uh, Weah is the most likely. But... Yeah, you got – I mean, I, yeah, I think Weah has a good chance of being a regular at Celtic. But then you've got Ledesma at, uh, moving over to PSV, uh, Serginho Dest uh, with IX. I think that that's almost more of a long shot even though everyone's really high on him just because I think the competition that he's facing to, to move up at Ajax is probably a little tougher. Very stiff. Uh, yeah. You already talked about Mendez. You already talked about Mendez having a chance, Mendez and Soto. And then, I don't know, this is like my wild card, but uh, tell me how to pronounce it. I think you guys hashed it out on Twitter. Nick the Tagui. Tidegui. 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 Nick Tidegui uh, over at Schalke. So, he seems to be back healthy. He's training with the U-20s in Florida. And there are so many people who are so high on him. I feel like they can't all be wrong. Right. People are very, very high on him. It's true. Like, a lot of people. And, and then he was sort of the man, apparently the man of the camp for the U-20s in their just-finished camp in Florida. So it seems like he's earned yeah, his way. I mean, Go ahead. Basically, basically, people talk about him like he's on the level of uh, Wea, Sargent, and Adams. Or, or do they talk about him like he's just below that level but ahead of everyone else? So that's pretty good company to keep. So I'm I'm going to include possible guys who, who Schalke could – I mean, if Schalke's, Schalke's already playing Hodge right, uh, so it's not it can't be that much of a stretch to say that – say it one more time for me, Bell. Tidegui. Heidegui is gonna is gonna make it, right? Yeah, that would be awesome if he if he gets on on the wing for Schalke. Seems a little bit of a ways off, but but it seemed very far off for Haji Wright too. So so yeah, so three three new players uh, for the U.S. that are reliable uh, guys on their on their club teams in Europe, and I'd be thrilled with that. Yeah, that'd be awesome. It'd be unprecedented. Then we'd have Pulisic. Uh, Pulisic and McKenney already. Then you'd add three more. There's never been anything like it for the 20 and under crowd of American players. No, not even close. I'll come come back at you with right. uh, uh, my fourth prediction, which is somewhat negative. I think Tim Weah will struggle at Celtic. I believe he's widely overrated by American fans, and I think expectations are too high. 300 minutes and a couple goals are what I'm hoping for. I know everyone wants him to play striker, and that's the word from Wea himself on how he'll be deployed in Glasgow. But for the sake of the national team, which needs a winger opposite Pulisic to emerge and be consistent and threatening, I hope he gets minutes on the wing at Celtic as well. But I'm not nearly as optimistic as you about Wea at Celtic, and uh, I think he's got a he's got a he's got a pretty low ceiling. He's got a very high floor as a player. Like he's gonna be he's gonna be pretty good. I'm I I feel very confident about that. I don't think his ceiling is that high. I think his he has to he has to army crawl to get between his ceiling and his floor. <laughs> Bells, I, I love this I love this one from you because uh, I don't necessarily disagree with anything you're saying. I think he'll probably struggle a little bit too. I don't think he's going to have like a uh, mind blowing production. Uh, I know I just said Wea's got a good chance of being a Weston McKenney status. 
And I think you're right. And I think Tim Weah is going to be a Weston McKinney status player. Hmm. So Weston McKinney's not exactly lighting up the Bundesliga. Uh, he's a he's a key part of a team that's struggling. Um, now Celtic isn't exactly struggling. They're they're top of the league, and they're 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 going to beat up on a lot of the weaker Scottish uh, competition. So I could see Tim Weah not exactly scoring a ton of goals. He's not going to score ten goals in fifteen games. But I could still see him being a decent part of the Celtic team, even if he's not, even if he's not uh, blowing it up. But I, I, I kind of agree with you on a lot of it. I think I think he is probably a little bit overrated by U.S. by U.S. supporters. But again, I also think he's still one of the best eleven players for the U.S. at the moment. So it's that weird space where he probably is overrated, but he's probably also probably also our, our best option on the wing right now. Next prediction comes from you. Okay, yeah, this is my last one, and I'm moving over to the to the Western Hemisphere for it, uh, and that is that there will be a new uh, Tyler Adams-level American uh, breaking out of MLS this year. So another uh, another player who sort of be, uh, an under-20 who is going to fetch a decent uh, transfer fee and make a big move over to Europe uh, within 12 to 18 months. Okay. Is that going to be George Bellow? Gianluca That's Busio? probably going to be George Bellow. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I would say I would say George Bellow would be the the most likely guy, uh, most likely guy to do it. I don't think it's going to be Andrew Carlton Bells. I'm sorry. No, yeah, I'm I'm uh, I'm slowly disembarking from that train. Bellow showed up to training for Atlanta, looking, uh, I think, in the words of Rob Usri, swole. He looked like a bigger he looked like a bigger boy than he had, than he was in uh, 2018. That's what happens when you're 17, 18 years old. Your body really yeah. starts to fill out. Yeah, a lot of happens from 16 to 17. Yeah, so that's cool. Yeah, that's a that's a great prediction. I think I think it's probably going to happen, and it's probably going to be Bello. I'll do my final prediction, which is sort of an add-on, and that's that uh, it'll be an all. It'll be an all-Liga MX Champions League final this year. Atlanta United is the best hope for MLS, I believe, but I don't think they're going to be ready to handle Monterey in the quarterfinals. Monterey is looking pretty good right now. Red Bulls will probably fall to Santos Laguna in the quarters, but failing that, they'll lose to Tigres in the semis. I think Tigres and Monterey are on another level, and it's going to be a Clásico Regio Montaña in the final. Monterey versus Tigris. And that's going to be a fun tournament to watch. I think I think there's I'm increasingly interested in that every year. All right, Bell, I don't see why you got to hate on Atlanta already. It's not even it's not even preseason yet. I know. I I I'm I'm just annoyed with them for not selling Miguel Almiron yet. Like get on with it, folks. <laughs> Awesome. I'm sure they'll, they'll sell them on the last day. They're going to hold out for as long as possible until Newcastle are just saying, you guys have to sell him. Your rules don't allow you to have four of these guys on your team. Right. They're, they're, they're over there boning up on MLS roster rules in Newcastle. <laughs> All right. Fair enough, Bells. No, no MLS lads making it to the final this year. No sky penalties. No. Let's uh let's move on to short corners. Those are our predictions. Apologies for the audio problems. I'm sure they're my fault, everyone. Uh short corners. Hanover Verder on Saturday early. The midday match is 
Leipzig Dortmund. That's on Saturday too. The Sunday midday match is Schalke Wolfsburg, and the only game of the three where we won't see an American starter is probably Leipzig Dortmund. But who knows? Maybe Tyler has exerted his dominance already. Anyway, the sh- the corner here is it's really exciting that the Bundesliga is starting this weekend. Finally, the league that really matters is picking back up. Very much so, and and yeah, and all these American versus American matches are going to be great. Uh, really, really hoping that we don't get our hopes up for Leipzig Dortmund just to see neither of them get off the bench. Yeah, that would be sad, but but not out of the question. I don't think. A little update no, on certainly not. A little update on Richie Ledesma. He is working back to fitness with PSV Eindhoven. Uh, I understand he'll start working with a ball later this week and hopefully start training with uh, young PSV in you know the next couple weeks. I don't think a debut with young PSV is imminent. It may be a little while. So um, just keep your eye on that space. But it's coming. It's coming, Bells. Yeah. We've waited a long time for this. It'll be glorious. It'll be glorious. Uh, Serginio Dest played uh, a great game against young PSV over the weekend. His All Touches video is out there, courtesy USMNT Videos. And it looks really good. Did you see that by any chance? Yeah, Serginio Dest is like the cause for optimism right now in U.S. camps, I feel like. Yeah, he looked amazingly good. I mean, the the end product isn't quite there, but it's not far off. I mean, he did get an assist. And some of those balls he played in from the right wing were pretty dangerous. Anyway, I interviewed him earlier in the episode, so let's not spend too much time talking about him. They're in the middle of three weeks of training under Burhalter in Chula Vista. They've certainly had time to settle in. Should we be raising our expectations for these Panama and Costa Rica friendlies, Greg, based on all this training yes. time? Yeah. Yes, we should. I, I totally am. Uh, and it's not like a, it's not like a wishful thinking. Like uh, three weeks is a long time to train together, and Burhalter is a organizational guy, so. I do. I fully expect to see like uh, real organization, real patterns of play uh, against Panama. In part because I think Panama is also a pretty weak opponent. So uh, I think we should be able to exert uh, a real level of control against Panama. I'm expecting that. Yeah, we got a hold of the roster, and I don't. I don't recognize any of the names on their on the the roster. I don't think. Now, I'm not a Panamanian soccer expert, but it seems like a pretty low-profile group. Uh, moving along, NWSL draft. What did you see? What did you? What interested you about it? Uh, well, inter- the interesting thing was that uh, the two worst teams in the NWSL, Washington and Sky Blue, uh, essentially monopolized the first round of the draft. Um, and what's what's kind of so. The NWSL is a lot different than uh, MLS at this point because all, almost all the talent in the women's side still plays college soccer. So uh, you have this incredible gulf where the first three picks in the draft are like U.S. national team prospects or or actual like uh, standard call-ups. Tanner Davidson went number one overall to Chicago, and she's a she's probably a lock to play in the World Cup. Uh, Haley Mace went. Uh, went to sky blue, but you have these, the two worst teams in the league are Washington sky blue and they're not just bad at soccer. They're, they're 
pretty poorly run as well, Sky Blue especially. <laughs> so you have a situation where because Haley Mace went number two uh, to Sky Blue, she's probably going to – she's exploring her options not to play for NWSL at all. She doesn't have to. She's, she's going to basically look to see if she can play in uh, Australia for the rest of the season and then, uh, and then make a move over to Sweden since their, uh, their season's going to start up again soon. So it's, it's this bizarre thing where the standard at a couple of these teams in the league is so low that we're losing out on uh, big-time U.S. players uh, who, who won't and shouldn't have to sort of deal with these conditions. Interesting. So they're just going to... Yeah, kind of a weird, kind of a weird, uh, weird setup there. Yeah, yeah basically, they're going to they're gonna go the route of... Uh, like Ledesma's and company were just like, no, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take my chances in Europe. More power to him. Go for it, ladies. Um, I guess the MLS had a draft, too. I don't want to hate on it too much, but it, it, it wasn't that interesting to me. Frankie Amaya was the first pick overall. Picked by FC Cincinnati. I guess the one interesting thing about that is, you know, Amaya is a technical small midfielder and my understanding is that that's a little bit of a rarity for a number one pick overall in the MLS draft so maybe that's a sign of increasing sophistication in the American game maybe it's not I, I couldn't tell you I, I feel like uh, Amaya's the big story and the second biggest story is Philadelphia giving up every every pick they had for, for a little bit of cash right they just they just skipped the whole thing, trusting Washed in their, their hands for the weekend. And you know, I they're I would say they're in the top ten of MLS academies. So hopefully they can they can make some more players come good from that academy system. You know, Mark McKenzie is a good example. Austin Trustee too, training under Burhalter with the national team right now. So nah, hard to argue with what Philadelphia did. You good? You got anything else? No, I'm good, Bells. Okay. We'll be back next week to predict starting 11s for the Panama Friendly, and we have a great interview in the can that we'll be releasing in the next few days, so watch for that. Thanks, Greg. Thanks, everyone, for listening. We'll see you.